Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. What is up, everyone? That's my party horn. It's my party horn because every week we get to talk to entrepreneurs. This is great. This is like my one of my favorite times in my week. I like I have I don't have a lot of like hard set scheduled things, but Tuesday morning at eleven is when we record this for just about every week. And I'm joined, as always, by Steph Crowder. Hey, say hi, Steph Crowder. Hello, everybody. This is exciting. And Corbett Barr. Say hi, Corbett Barr. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. All right. We also have Aiden Fishbean. Say hi, Aiden. Hi, Aiden. <laughs> All right. I saw that coming. Fish, fish yeah. bean or fish bine? Fish bine. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Fish bean. <laughs> <laughs> fish bean. It's one fish of those bean. things that that I just I think I had that know, dish I, in Thailand once. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's like a. It's a very Thailand dish sort of thing. But uh, Aiden's here not just because he's a fish bean, but it also because uh, he's actually working with Fizzle now and helping us put together like more so, more and more and more solid content for people out there, right? Because Aiden's been building like an actual business. He's had like an, a, a, I love how I, I always clarify that, an actual business. A real business. Um, because I think I've had a lot of conversations with people who want to do business, but they never fully, they never, like, they haven't really done it yet, right? They're, but they're talking like they're about to, or like they kind of have started, but none of the real work has been done for that, right? And I think a lot of the times we find it, all of us. So let me paint the picture for you, okay? <laughs> this, the curtain raises. It's 2018. There's a thing called the internet, which connects all people across space and time <laughs> on the planet right now. And you're you can and people can use it as a tool to earn a living, right? Also, same same curtain, same time. People are doing just regular like like. Local businesses, like a farm-to-table tour. I met a lady yesterday in Sonoma County in, in wine country. She just does tours of vineyards and does a farm-to-table tour and takes groups into like having these amazing experiences with food and the terroir of a place, right? Not <laughs> Most of their, her business doesn't come from the internet. It comes from uh, word of mouth, people who go through it and then tell their friends to do it, and it, now it's like a, a growing business. Um, but but the thing is, it's a real business. It actually earns money. It actually it actually is is something that the entrepreneur is working working on supporting themselves and their families with. Now, like I was saying before, we oftentimes get into conversations with people who who want to do a business but they haven't yet. And one of the things that we see again and again and again and again is this kind of this kind of stutter, this all, this all, like this, this mental stutter where it's like, you know, you've got like, you've got enough confidence to try this thing out. Like you're working towards it. You've got, you've got a notebook with like pages and pages of notes or like a mind map software with like stuff. You've like taken courses. You've got an Evernote notebook devoted to this thing. Like you're thinking about it. You're taking it seriously and you're kind of giving yourself like some confidence and the benefit of the doubt. And yet there's this stutter, this like, you act, but we haven't done the thing yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? We haven't like pushed ourselves into it. And one of the things I hear again and again and again is like, I'm just saving up to like quit my job so that I can really take my business seriously. And that's like, bing, 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 red flags for me. If your business can work, it can start working right now is one of the lessons of the internet is is like one of the things that I keep hearing again and again and yet I look back at my own life and this is where I'm getting vulnerable guys I got to I got to share that little baby heart with you that there's been a lot of stutters in my own like entrepreneurial path a lot of times when I've been waiting to do the thing until it's just right or until like uh, until basically I think it's until like until it has no chance of failure or something and I've waited so long on so many projects like that that they've actually they actually never never came into the world. They never, like I, I moved on, they moved on, right? So what we're talking about today is how do we interrupt the stutter? How do we get involved in that in that moment, that space between having the idea, having the commitment to the idea, and then actually executing on it, actually trying it and putting it out into the world. Um, there's this concept called like the entrepreneurial leap. 
this this idea that we were talking about before the show where where you have to you you, you don't you just jump you don't wait for the net to get there you just jump and we have some really interesting ideas about like hey maybe that's that's like one way hey maybe that's one way to do it <laughs> hey that's a good way to do it but what if what if you didn't have to put like everybody's life at risk <laughs> for you to try your business idea what if it was a lot more approachable than that a lot more humane a lot more actually like oh really it looks like that oh, i got i mean i could do that i don't really want to but i could do that what if it looked more like that would you want to know that's what we're talking about today. Did I do okay, Aiden? Did I miss Ooh. something on our intro here? No, that was really good. And it was interesting because you, you sounded all the way up until like you were going to lead into, and this is why you got to jump. But <laughs> that's not what this episode's about. And that was, yeah, perfect, perfect little segue. Okay, cool. Now, where I think we got to get started here is, is basically one of the persons in, in our little crew right here who has a lot of experience with this, um, with this, uh, l- looking and leaping while looking. <laughs> Instead of like leaping before you look, it's like let's look and then also let's leap while we're looking. <laughs> Is Steph Crowder? Steph's gone through a lot of transition in the last five or so years. I mean, we Corbin and I have been building Fizzle for the last five years, and and we all Aiden as well. We all have this like we all have our histories and our our moments that we could probably share about this. I'm actively going through one right now, and mm-hmm. I'm not doing a great job of it. I'm like sitting and sitting and sitting and not leaping. Uh, even though I, I, you know, have the notebooks full of things, right? But Steph, I want to hear about how you think about this because here's what people need to know about Steph. Successful, all right? <laughs> like, she's doing it. She's, she's actively growing her, her platform. Her, her impact in the world is, is growing in significance. And, it, and you can tell not just by the likes on her Instagram posts or the comments on her, uh, you know, podcast or or something like that, or reviews of her podcast, or the the number of listeners on her podcast, but also by the revenue that her that her products are making, the things mm-hmm. that she's able to do that people are willing to spend their money on, right? It, that is that is like it's not everything, but it's a big thing. <laughs> a lot of people are out there like changing the world, and they are asking for donations because <laughs> we don't know how to keep the lights on. Right. So Steph's done this sliding. Sorry, I guess I can't stop talking this intro because I feel like this is a really important topic. I really want people to get get lubed up and into this thing because there's there's a mindset shift here that matters. What do you think, Steph? First of all, I cannot even believe that I am the resident expert on this topic because it truly feels like yesterday to me that I was sitting in my corporate job like with no idea how any of this was ever going to come together. Like you guys, I- I've said this mm-hmm. a number of times. I was the person who was listening to Smart Passive Income and the Fizzle Show and all the podcasts and driving my car through downtown Chicago being like, "Oh my god, these people are making money online. Like, could I do that?" I really want to do that. Is it possible? But how is it possible? It just cracks me up that now I'm like supposedly the expert on this because I truly feel like it was so such a short time ago that I had no idea how any of this was going to come together. So I have to start with that because I know there's a lot of people who are in that position right now. And you may be feeling like you are the last person on earth who's going to be able to figure it out. But you you may just be surprised is all I can, is all I can say because it's un, it's like unbelievable to me that that's the position that I'm in now. And, you know, just looking back on all the questions it's it's enough to to be so discouraging when you have like you said chase the notebooks full of ideas and you know that you have no shortage of amazing ideas and i remember even just thinking to myself like man if i could just like have my chance i know i could make it happen but there is this such a huge gap in terms of wondering how all of the the puzzle pieces are going to fall into place um i think you know it's kind of hard for me to even really know what, where to dig in on this. But one of the things that I'll start with that is, I think, adjacent to the conversation, but I feel really strongly that it should be put out there. At some point in my journey, someone helped me with this perspective. I wish I could remember who it was, but it really changed the way that I looked at my own situation as well as how I've coached many, many people since. Um, there's this school of thought that tells you that as tempting and as easy as it is to like totally resent the full-time corporate job, which is like 
Again, so easy to do. You're like, oh, I, I had those thoughts too. I was like, if I wasn't here, chained to this desk in this fluorescent lighting, like being mansplained to all day in my corporate job, then I could, <laughs> uh, I could get so much done. Like it's so easy to kind of like fantasize about that. But it, at some point, this perspective was bestowed upon me that your full time job has the opportunity to fund your dream, and that was like a light bulb that went off for me because it's true. It's like. It's like the investment in your future. It's like you don't have to stay up at night sweating bullets, wondering how you're going to feed your kids, how you're going to keep the lights on, because that part is taken care of. So once I embraced that, which was a while ago, but once I saw that, I was like, whoa, okay, this is amazing. Number one, it's so empowering. There's a lot of positivity. But beyond that, it kind of like, it made me look around and say, all right, hold, like, where's the fire? Like, why do I have to figure this out tomorrow? Why do I have to go and jump off a cliff and and, and be 100% on my own tomorrow? There's no rush. This uh, corporate job that I'm in is totally like, you know, an investment in my future. It's not that hard for me to do because I've been doing it for a while. I've got some time that I can hustle my craft and it's going to work itself out. So I think that for me, like that's just the first thing I want to bring to the table is as difficult as that is, especially if you hate your job. I did not hate my job, but it still is easy to like play that game of if I wasn't doing this, I could be doing so much more. If you can try and see it as a positive like investment in your future, I think that's the first step towards being able to figure this whole thing out. Okay, this is interesting. All right, so again, we're talking about being able to start your work on your business right now. Like you don't have to wait till you quit your day job. You don't have to wait till you have enough money in the bank. Now, some businesses, they need venture capital. Some businesses, they need, they need a lot of other things. And, they, and, and so, yeah, if you're starting like an airline company, like, you know, maybe you can't start that while you're, um, <laughs> while you're frying chicken at Chick-fil-A. But like, at, at the same time, <laughs> I don't know, maybe you could put together the marketing plan. <laughs> but um, Southwest Airlines the, was written on the back of a napkin, famously, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the guy just like drew, uh, drew an airplane like, and then he drew like, like uh, the, um, uh, the route map. <laughs> I think it's just, he's like draws an airplane and points it to his friend and says, see that? And then the guy says, yeah. And then he draws a money sign. And he's like, see that? And the guy says, yeah. And then he puts a line through the money sign. He's like, that's what I'm about. What? Cheap flights? That makes so much sense. Let's do it. <laughs> so Corbett, what, um, what are you hearing? What, what, what is this topic to you? I, this this topic is everything to me, I think, because um, we have heard over and over again people who not only have this this entrepreneurial leap myth embedded in their head, but also who have done it because they couldn't they they felt for some reason um, unable to do some of the work that needs to be done, and I think they had expectations that. Um, they wouldn't be able to make progress on their business unless they were working on it full time. And they also had expectations that if they were full time, like Steph said earlier, that they'd be able to get so much done. But unfortunately, there's this concept of a runway, which is, you know, how long you can survive on your own savings or couch surfing or whatever it is you're doing to get by. And all of us have a certain amount of runway unless you're, you're, you know, wealthy. And for a lot of people that amounts to, you know, like six or 12 months or something. And that time goes by so incredibly fast. And even though you're able to, um, you know, spend every day working on your business, there is so much self-discipline that needs to go into understanding what it takes to work for yourself. And there are so many variables involved that you don't know how this is going to go. And, you know, whatever your master plan is for uh, making this business work, it's probably going to take a bunch of twists and turns and you're going to need a lot more than six months. So this, this backfires on people sometimes. And I think it also is compounded by the fact that, like Steph said earlier, you're sweating bullets wondering like, Oh, when am I going to start making money? And as that runway gets shorter and shorter, it gets harder and harder to concentrate on the things that you need to do. So for a lot of people, it just makes so much more sense to hold on to some source of income, whether it's full time or part time, whether it's your current job or some other job that you can do in the interim, but hold on to some sort of uh, source of income so that you can continue to put food on the table without stressing and without having some set in stone timeline so that you can allow yourself to follow your curiosity, to uh, let the doors open where they will, and to make this thing work on its own time. 
Okay, yeah. I love this. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. Okay, I'm making good notes. Now, Aiden, I want to slip switch over to you. Like, what is this? What is like it, to you personally? What is what is this topic really? What does it mean? Yeah, and and I'll kind of I'll jump in and stitch where you guys started to where my experience kind of begins and then and then took off. Where um, I think I think that clarity stuff that you were talking about where your employment can fund your dream and Corbett that runway what's the rush why not get the longest runway possible um, all of these things are kind of like the next level down from like okay you don't got to save up and leap um, but then I think also there's another whole nother layer of options even beneath that which is I think I think what you guys are still talking about and that's fine these are definitely options but it's still conceiving of the idea planning it out making some progress on it but then there's still, I think even then, this illusion that there's still a big leap that needs to be made. And I would love to make the case that there is solid ground all the way from employment to entrepreneurship in many circumstances. Maybe not all of them. Like you said, airplane napkins have their place. Um, but in my experience, I never forwent, forwent, forgo, forwent. Yeah, that's a word. Um, I never mm -hmm. went without a paycheck um, the entire time from uh, full employment to, you know, part-time freelance to full-time agency ownership. Um, mm -hmm. Not a single paycheck missed. Um, and I think that's, for many of our beginner fizzlers, this is, this is the message that I hope to transmit because even that, even that save up extended long two-year runway leap that's still terrifying you know um and so for for those people out there that are like that risk averse i am with you i i am not a gambler i have no poker face um and i'm sure that my story is not the only one out there where um you know i i took one baby step i reassessed i took another baby step i reassessed um and you know i uh literally am now fully self-supported. support uh, supported. I've been this way for, for a couple years now, um, and I did not make a gamble, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's my addition. Yeah, and it's interesting. I bet, I bet, I wonder, would you say, Aiden, now that you're still making steps and reassessing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My involvement with you guys is a great indication. I'm still learning, um, and I'm still trying to do it in a very manageable, slow, predictable, kind of very, very super ultra calculated way. Okay, so I've seen two th two in really interesting distinctions uh, here. Well, one one really important one, Corbett. You said um, there's these expectations that you that for a lot of us that we cannot make progress in our business unless we're working full time on it. Right. And I think this is a common misconception, a common, uh, like sort of idea that people that are, is operating in people, right? That maybe people don't know how much this idea is operating in them. Like, I mean, I think maybe we could help people get liberated from that ideology a bit right now, because the whole question is, uh, there's a, there's a, there is, there does seem to be a push or a, a, a whisper in culture, a, a song out there that we all kind of know, which is like the <laughs> the world is magic. Like when you take the step, like like sometimes magic things happen for you, and sometimes you have to you like love is like that, right? Like sometimes you just have to. The heart wants what the heart wants, and you trust that you love this guy or that you love this gal, and you step into it and you go after it and. That's like, yeah, I mean, guilty. <laughs> like, that's totally <laughs> what my relationship with my wife is like, how we met and, and, and like what it's still like today. I mean, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot more logistics now, but at the same time, we look back at that story. I mean, it, it's like, it gives me, gives me some hope for the future, right? It, I, I, so I like that. So there's this myth out there that like, that we all kind of have an experience with in some ways, you know, think about the things that you didn't make decisions about. Like you didn't get to decide what you look like, what your genes are, what color your hair is naturally, who your parents were, right? You kind of don't feel like you really decided if you got to live or not. Like it's just, it's just like you pop open here, you wake up and you're like, I guess this is happening now. <laughs> right. And so, so this is with your business. It's this opposite thing. Where it's like you get to like this is what I love so much about life is you get to decide what you want to do with it 
Right. And so, you know, so the whole question is, do you feel empowered to make your own decisions, to think for yourself and to create a business that you want to create instead of a Jason, a business that like Corbett Barr or Jason Freed or Steph Crowder or Maya Angelou would make or something like that. Right. So this thinking for ourselves is this big, big, you know, exciting, delicious challenge, I think. And the business that you decide to do is one of the most fully expressive to me. It's one of the biggest expressions of, of, the, of yourself, right? And just, even if it's just a silly, silly idea, it's like, hey, listen, people needed help with their taxes. I started helping people with taxes, you know, because I can do that. Like, like, like they don't have the time to do that. I could do that. It's not sexy, but I'm good at it. And I actually, I actually kind of like it. Um, that's a decision you get to make if you want your life to be like that. And then there's a lot of people who are working taxes, who work for other companies. They're just dying to do their own entrepreneurial thing, like not taxes, right? And so it's almost like we could be a lot of ways. You know what I mean by that? We could be, we could be being a lot of different ways in our businesses. And what I love is this question that Corbett brought up about progress, because it, in my experience, is how I know if I'm on the right track. Okay? So, Corbett, I want to know, how do you, like, imagine, see if you can pick up where I'm coming from here. Imagine there's people out there who, if they knew they were making real and meaningful progress on their business, they would start to feel that feeling you get when it's like, oh my God, I'm doing it. Right? Because when you get that feeling, like Aiden, I could feel in the way Aiden was talking. He was like, I went from, you know, freelance to full-time uh, agency owner it, without ever skipping a paycheck kind of thing, right? And it was a kind of confidence that comes, it feels good to do the thing you want to be doing. And I think there's a lot of energy in that to do the things that an entrepreneur has to do on a daily basis. I mean, that's the subtext here, people, is, is that in order to leap now, you got to start working right now. (laughs) It's not like, welcome to passive income. It's like, okay, so let's start to work now. (laughs) That's why we hate this message so much. I think in some Mm -hmm. ways is is it really forces the, 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 the work now, but just for a quickie, before we get back into some more about the topic, I I don't know, maybe, maybe we should go past this progress thing, but it just made me realize as you were talking Corbett, that if someone knows they're making meaningful progress on their business. They, they're realizing they're already doing it. And if someone's not making meaningful progress on their business, what they know is, or if someone's making progress on the business, but it doesn't feel meaningful to them, like, like my stack of journals in the corner, <laughs> like I can testify to me, like I can fill up journals with project ideas. And, th- and that does not an entrepreneur make. <laughs> Like it's the execution in the end that actually makes the thing that actually creates the life force of the business or whatever. I don't know. Did I talk myself into a hole? Because I want, I started with this progress thing, but now I feel like we've moved on into something else. Steph, do you have anything to say right now? I do. I do actually. And uh, it kind of, it, it piggybacks off of what you're saying, Chase, but it also goes back to something that Aiden raised. So it gave me an idea that I had not been thinking about um, before the show. So uh, excuse me while I kind of work it out out loud. But um, that was a very instructive. It was very instructive for me listening to how it was for Aiden, because what's coming up for me right now is I'm realizing there's different kinds of risk. Maybe that sounds obvious, but hear me out on this. When you're building your thing, and as Aiden said, you know, never did he go without a paycheck. Same is true for me. However, what's really funny when I look back, I actually see a lot of moments where I felt like I was taking a risk. And it's making me realize there's a difference between financial risk, which I think is mostly what we're talking about here. This idea that you don't need to leap into the abyss of no income. That's one risk, but there's also this separate ego risk is like Uh the word that's coming to mind for me right now, which is this sense that like, and this was honestly, guys, probably potentially more crippling for me than the financial side of things. Um, Wondering if you're going to do the wrong thing, wondering if you're going to make a mistake, wondering if you're going to have regrets, wondering if it's the right moment, wondering if you're going to piss somebody off. Like these are the other types of risks that come up for people that I think keep them from moving forward. So even if you're like making progress on your business, like you're talking about, Chase, and the 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 signs are there, the money is coming in, the podcast listenership is growing, you may still talk yourself into staying where you are, even though you very much want to be on the other side because you're waiting 
for the risk of the ego side of things to just completely go away. And yeah. I'm here to say, I, I actually have not experienced that. I, I, there has Every time I've made one of these decisions, it has been very difficult for me uh, because I care. I've, I, I've Every stage of my career, I've always cared. I care about my relationships. I care about my family. I care about doing the right thing. And so for me, it's really interesting to realize this, that the financial side of things has, has actually been the least scary, which is, sounds ridiculous, I know, because I, I totally thought it would be the opposite. Um, so I think it's totally possible to minimize your financial risk, which is great, but don't be, I would say, don't be surprised if you're still feeling like you've got to uh, wake up and decide like, hey, yeah, I'm going to quit this job that is giving me the income. Sure, I have evidence that this other thing is working, but what if it stops working? What if my luck runs out? Yeah, those questions are still going to be there. So I think there's just a difference between the financial risk and then dealing with the whole crop of ego risks that are just kind of part of the territory. Okay, there's a lot there oh, I that I really that. like. Yeah, and Corbett, I want to go to you on on uh, response, sir. Response, different kinds of risks, uh, financial risk, ego risk, uh, for lack of a better term. What's your What's your feel on on that sort of difference between looking at a thing and realizing the financial risk of it, and looking at a thing and realizing the almost sort of um, I don't know the the almost thrill or or exhilaration of it. The, the it sort of to me it reminds me of doing a roller coaster or something like that. The moment when you like get into a roller coaster and they clip you down and it's like oh no this. Stop mm-hmm. till it's over. Yeah. It's just like that. What do you I think? Mean, there's there's so much emotional stuff wrapped up in building a business, and and we've talked about this on the show quite a bit. Um, I think that when you are ruminating on building a business, you start to you start to wonder if you're cut out and you're capable of doing it. And you start to feel like there's going to be a lot of judgment around you, your friends, your family, your coworkers, everyone. You know, we've, we've mentioned this before that, that who the heck are you to think that you can start a business and not be stuck here in cubicle land like the rest of us sort of thing. And as we're getting closer to that, of course, financial risk is a big part of taking that leap, but the identity that you've built up in your current job, what other people think of you. And then also you, a lot of people unfortunately have this almost one shot kind of feeling about being an entrepreneur. Like I've got this idea and it's my baby and I have to make it work. And if it doesn't work, I'm a yeah. failure and everybody's going to mm-hmm. laugh at me. Mm, yeah. And, and, uh, and if, you know, making the leap is all part of that mythology, I think, right. It's like, okay, I've got this idea and it's perfect. So I'm going to leave my job now and make it work. And I'm going to show all of you how smart I am. Mm, yeah. And, the 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 trouble with that um you know of course we talked about before all the twists and turns and things that happen but also um i think that you don't have to have a train of thought sometimes it can just leave you and then you're talking and you don't remember what you were saying <laughs> well, let me pick that up did there. <laughs> because <laughs> that was beautiful. That was genius, um, Steph. This I, that was that was really really profound, and you've actually got me considering a whole new set of considerations. I love to consider considerations. Um, Those are very that's but, considerate um, of you, <laughs> right? <laughs> very much so. And then Corbett, like you were saying, with this putting your identity on the line and thinking of this as a one hit, you've got one chance. You know. We can go broke and we can declare bankruptcy if that's really the risk we're taking and then build it back up. But as soon as you take an identity risk like that and broadcast that to your friends and family or your potential users, this is the thing. It's n- There's not really yeah. an easy way back from, okay, I'm going into entrepreneurship and one of two things is going to happen. Either the new identity is going to be successful entrepreneur or starry-eyed failure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard thing to build back from. And well, and it maybe isn't impossible, but when you're on the front end of it, when you're looking at that as the possibility, I think I can just say for myself, because I am remembering this, that it was, that was probably the biggest reluctance is, yes, is it impossible? Is it possible to rebrand myself or to, to kind of go back underground and, and come back again? to do this again or or is that like my forever scarlet letter you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i you know 
I think about in particular what's coming to mind for me that totally reinforces what you're saying, Aiden, is when I was making the decision, because I, I do consider this one of my leaps, when I was leaving the, my corporate job to come work with Fizzle, uh, which was, you know, technically an employment situation. Yes, it was like a few dudes in Portland that I met on the internet. So <laughs> there is some risk there. Um, but, uh, you know, of and of course, <laughs> there was a little risk. But, you know, I look at like the financial side of things. And yes, there was some financial risk. I did literally cut my salary in half at at the time. Um, But that wasn't the thing that scared me the most. The only way that I got myself to do that and to be comfortable with that was to let myself go through the worst case scenario, which was like, okay, what if I get into this and it is just not what I thought it was and I can't make it work and you know all the things you worry about. And I only could make myself get excited and go into it with an open mind when I said to myself, the worst thing that happens is I go back on the job market and I go back into the heart of Chicago and I tell people, Hey, I have an interest in entrepreneurship and I wanted to try this out. It didn't work and and kind of spin it that way. So I bring that up because it's really interesting looking back that the financial side of things, it has not been the scariest. It's really been getting yourself on board with this, with the worst case scenario. And like you said, Aiden, like allowing yourself to believe that you will recover. Uh, in my case, like having to go back to the corporate world, like, okay, that's there, there are worse things. And so th- then, and only then did I feel like, okay, this is, I'm all in, I'm making this happen and I'm comfortable with the risk. All right. I love this. This is really yeah, that's good. like the Let- Tim Ferriss fear setting stuff. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that here in a second, right after we come back from this break. From our sponsors. Corbett, who's sponsoring our oh. show today? <laughs> we have a new sponsor today, and I'm pretty excited about it because this is something that I wish more entrepreneurs would focus on, and that is uh, bookkeeping. Bench is an online bookkeeping service for entrepreneurs. They give you a team of bookkeepers to do your books for you and simple software to track your finances. So if you're sick of bookkeeping and you need more time to focus on your business, then Bench gives you that team. So they'll do your books and you don't have to worry about it. They also have Mm. their own simple software to track your finances, plan for your future. And you guys can get a month of uh, bookkeeping free when you start a free trial, you just have to head over to bench.co slash partner slash fizzle, and you'll also get 20% off your first six months of bookkeeping. Mm, love it. Love we it. We also that, have so a message we'll say that from... Again. Hold on. Hold on. Go, say that again, the, the go, URL, because I was sleeping for a second. Bench.com slash fizzle? <laughs> yes. Bench.co okay, like slash partner slash fizzle. Okay. Say bench.co slash partners Slash fizzle. All right, we could do that. We could do that. We'll also have it in the show notes. We'll also have a link to that in the show notes. But that's like a that's that's a killer little like I I love that company's branding and stuff right now. Aiden, have you seen their their website? This is Bench. Yeah. No, I've been watching them. They're they're interesting. I, I'm glad we got them as a sponsor. We almost used them. Yeah, we're we're considering. We're ramping up right now to actually give them a shot. Oh, nice. Cool. Awesome. All right, awesome. Corbett. Who yeah. else is sponsoring us? Yeah, and we also have a message from Gusto. We've talked about Gusto quite a bit. It's one of our favorite services. We use it ourselves. And Gusto's mission is to create a world where work empowers a better life. By making the most complicated business tasks simple and personal, Gusto is reimagining payroll, benefits, and HR for modern companies. Gusto serves over 60,000 companies nationwide and has offices in San Francisco and Denver. And if you head to gusto.com slash fizzle, you can get three months of payroll for free. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. Booyah. Booyah. Okay. So before the break, what we were talking about was what I have in my notes here is things like with an exclamation mark. It's like, take the identity risk. Do it. Go, Frodo, go get it. Go take the ring and make it successful in destroying it. Have a good journey. Take the identity risk. You know, it's like, take the identity risk. And now built inside of this, is which is kind of an aspirational thing. The funny thing about that is is what we're actually talking about in the con- in the context of this conversation. The risk we're asking you to take is is doesn't is the is around the fear that like Corbett mentioned the judgments. I think that's bang on. I think a lot of people could, could potentially be experienced as judging you for like trying to do anything. We always talk about our crappy uncle Terry at this point. He's like, "Oh, how's the blog going?" Yeah, <laughs> with his. Sh- it had snotty nose sons, right? Or just like, 
Earl and Turl or whatever their names are. I don't know. But you know, you, you could picture the judgment you can experience from, from other people because it's like you're basically making a statement that you can quote, be something as if you're not already something like that's, that's a whole other ball of wax, but like that you're, you're like going like, Hey, I'm going to try for something. I'm going to go for something, which is a very vulnerable position. Like all of a sudden you're like, you're the internet. (laughs) It's like the internet groups you together with like cat ladies. You know what I mean? You're like a pure heart. You're a tender spirit. You're you're actually trying it. Oh, that's adorable. Good luck with your life coaching business, Terrence. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever it is, right? So you you really are putting yourself out there, and, and I, I mean I mean that like that was like a joke, like because there's like a joke of like meeting the person at WDS who wants to be a, a a life coach, right? And you're just like, okay, call me when it works out, or call me like, but they're putting they're they're the most important thing is they're sticking their neck out for something. They're standing for something. Right. This is what Steph's talking about in that ego fear sort of thing where it's like, oh, because what you're doing is you're actually putting your you're you're actually standing up for a, a vision that you have. And now all of a sudden you have the potential to fail. Right. And this is a really complicated psychological state because you're caring about something. This is something Steph mentioned. If you listen back, she said, you know, I care like I care about I care about my family. I care about my relationships. I care about what my life is like. I care about, for me personally, I care about what my day-to-day life sort of looks like and feeling feeling like there's some freedom or some, like even just simply like uh, made, what's the, abbreviated as being creative, right? Just like, just the feeling of being creative. Yes, for any, like you might be sketching in a notebook or for me, it's like making websites, um, or thinking up like a, a a video to put on my YouTube channel or something. It's like just a feeling of being creative, and the 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 sheer audacity for me of getting to <laughs> of hacking the system so damn much that I get to get my paycheck, <laughs> I get to like earn my living by at least having some moments of being creative. I'm here to tell you, and I've been Mm. telling you for years and years and years, it's not all just being creative. And I still struggle with that. I want more just sitting in a room with like, like with people around with clipboards, like blank clipboards, just going like, what would we do next? I'm like, hold on, hold on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, God damn it. Don't interrupt me. Okay. How about this? We take a watermelon, (laughs) we put it on a stool and we smash it with a mallet. That's great. Let's do that. (laughs) It's like, like, like that's much as I give the audience ponchos to wear (laughs) (laughs) like Shamu, damn it. And that's what we call it. Shamu's second act. You know, and it's a symbol of what, anyways, you can see how I can keep going and stuff like that because it's really fun. (laughs) But what I've had to learn is that there are things, some, (laughs) there are just some things that most people aren't willing to pay for. (laughs) So the idea that I could find a way being like using creativity, having some of those moments of flow that I'm able to create something that then someone like it's valuable enough to someone that they, that they purchase it is like to me the, the end all and be all. Like for me, I just, I think that's amazing. And the amount of identity risking you have to be doing, in which I'm currently, I must, I want to be very clear that I have not figured this out. Like I have nothing to teach you on this. <laughs> like I am the biggest failure of this, right? Because I'm looking at my life and I'm going like, I am actively not, there's act, there's, I'm actively protecting myself from some risks that I, that I can get the feeling like, yeah, I, I've been wanting to take this risk for a long time, but another part of me really doesn't want to. And so I'm just like, okay. We're checking that out. We're seeing what that feels like right now. So bringing the conversation back to our next step, I think, is around how, how, then, how then can we encourage uh, or, or educate people? Because already there's been a lot of, like up to now, it's very, it's, it, it, people I think can get, pick up a lot from osmosis. Like I think a good solid percentage of the people listening could stop right now and go like, nope, I got the download. I got the message. Like I'm I'm going to head to my notebook and I'm not going to just journal about what I wish I could do. I'm going to make a to-do list on the things that I have to do mm. by when. And I'm going to tell my, like my spouse that like, or someone, I'm going to find someone to, to do like, you know, a mastermind group, some sort of coaching collab group where we keep each other accountable to things because, because I, I, I know that I'm likely to not follow through, right? I know that I have a, a, the capacity to deceive myself. Read this great book, you guys, by the way, book endorsement. Leadership and self-deception. Really good. Really, it sounds like the kind of thing I think Steph you might have like re- accidentally read back in the the Groupon days. But it was it was <laughs> really good. It was a good one of those just good, great business books. Um, 
So, Steph, what do you think of uh, when I when we talk about this 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 I don't know helping people to understand this risk more because we've identified that there's there's a few mi- there's a few myths at work. One of them is you only have one shot, right? That's simply mm-hmm. not true. That's simply not true, right? The other one is um, people are going to judge you, and that really really matters. <laughs> and you see how, mm-hmm. how, I, how I carefully worded that one? It's like you maybe people will judge you, but it doesn't really really matter. Right. It's like it's, it's like there's there's a big difference between like people not judging you and not really caring if people judge you or not. Right. But I think mm-hmm. that's at work in people's psychology. What what do you what for you has has been important about this risk taking? Yeah, here's what comes to mind for me. This is like kind of it, it may actually end up being my takeaway, but I'll share it here. Cause I just think it's so important. This is like the, the key thing for me is that when the moment is right for you to make a trans, call it a transition, call it a leap, call it a slide, whatever, whatever it is. It's, you know, we have different moments. I think all of us in our stories where we had to do something. We've been waiting for the opportunity. You want to take your business full time. You want to scale back your hours, whatever that looks like. Um, you are carefully considering making that leap. Uh, remember to not force it is what comes to mind for me. When that, when the right moment is there, it's not going to feel like a forcing. I know all about trying to force it, guys. I am like one of those type A control people, straight A student, gold star chaser. I'm all the things. And I know what it feels like to wake up and be like, no, no, no we can make this happen. We can do it. We can do it by brute force. When the right moment is there for you to seize the next opportunity to make that transition, I my experience has been it feels much more like a door opening than a jumping off of a cliff. So my thought is wait for that door to open. You may actually see a door open and go, holy, I didn't even know that door was there and it just opened. That's what it feels like. That being said, and this is the part that's really important, I think ties into the ego risk thing. Just because you see the door open doesn't mean it's going to be easy to walk through it. That's what comes to mind for me is you're going to be like, wow, yeah, I'm getting like this intuitive nudge that this is the moment for me to take this thing full time. It's it's here. I've been waiting for this, but why am I still so scared? And I think that's what keeps people sometimes from 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 seizing the opportunity. So there's a difference between forcing it to happen, which is like the jumping off the cliff, the the making the leap that I think Aiden started our conversation with here. There's a difference between that and and the feeling of I'm doing this because it feels right, but I still am freaked out about it. Like you're going to feel scared. I don't think there's that. That shouldn't be a red flag. If you're worried about what people think, if you're worried about making the mistake or having the regret, I think that just comes with the territory, but it's, it's the learning to discern the difference between, you know what? I'm not going to do that because that would be forcing it. Or the other side of it would be that actually feels like an opportunity I really want to take. I feel freaked out about it, but I think it's my ego talking and I'm going to go for it anyway. Does that make sense? I love yeah, that. No, yeah. I, and this distinction between force and power is one that like philosophers have, and magicians and, and wizards and shaman have talked at length about throughout history. It's like a really, really big and important distinction. And if you look even in the history of our own language and like, you know, where these words come from, like force is, is, it has implying in it that you're overpowering someone. It's an act of coercion. Mm-hmm. It's an act yeah. of convincing, right? You're, you're actually taking over something. Um, and power, on the other hand, is just simply means capacity or capability, the ability to do something. And to stand in power as you, as you, you know, work through, and you see it really clearly in relationships, right? You can be powerful in a relationship without being forceful, Right. You can be desired by someone instead of over, instead of forcing them to, to pay attention to you. Right. It's like, it's a, it's like, it's related to this concept of attraction and of like, of just like being someone that the person you would want to be, to fall in love with you to actually, I don't know, I'm not confused myself on that sentence, but being the kind of person you would like fall in love with almost, you know, maybe there's a narcissism in that, but being someone that you can, that if someone loved you, you'd actually respect them for loving you. <laughs> I'm getting lost in my own way, but I love that. These are like, ru- <laughs> these are all like roomy stanzas somewhere, but the distinction between force and power is massive. It's massive. Now, Steph, as it relates to force versus power, and by the way, Dr. David Hawkins wrote a killer book on this, but it's like really dense and super weird too. Um, but he talks <laughs> at length about this distinction. Um, the, as it relates to, cause here's the thing, I'm a business person. I'm making decisions in time, 
right? I think it, like we were talking about before, if I can get a sense that in like, if I have a sense of meaningful progress in my business, where that comes from is, is things happening over time, right? If you see that, that the audience is responding you, to you, it, you get a few good signs over time, then you start to feel this sort of meaning, this trajectory towards like, maybe I am doing this, maybe I can do this. So it's like the relationship with time in your business is, is really important, um, especially once it gets out into the real world. And I would say even more so, because you could say, I, I'm really starting, I'm really enjoying thinking about this business more and more and more. I'm liking it. I'm liking it because I'm just thinking about it. I'm in my journal about it. I'm, I'm sketching notes about it. I'm like it. That's one way of seeing it, your business throughout time, but it's still, it's still my precious, right? It's still Smeagol. <laughs> it's still, mm-hmm. which you could still go to Smeagling.biz, by the way. There's a mm. little, there's a little secret. <laughs> what? Oh my <laughs> sometimes, God. That's sometimes right. Chase, sometimes Chase gets a little time on his hand, but you're kind of media. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's great, Aiden. So sorry. Um, that's so good. I totally forgot about that one. So, anyways, the 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 point is, we can be precious and, and like my precious about it, and it's not out in the world. It can't actually fulfill its purpose, right? It can't actually do what it's what it's trying to do in the world. Your business, uh, that is not not one of the power rings uh, <laughs> from that need to go to Mordor, but the. The, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. What, who has something to say? Because I just like this. <laughs> I like this force power. I was Go wondering how you were going to say yeah. that. I, I, yeah. I would love to, to add on just a little bit to what Steph was talking about and the waiting for doors to open and so on. I think, um, I, I'm sort of of the same mind, but I, I don't want people to lose the sight or, or lose this concept of, um, pursuing your creativity in the meantime as you're waiting yes. for doors to open and I, and i'm mm-hmm. sure this is part of what you meant stuff but there's you know there's this um everybody's heard the phrase luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity right so yeah. Yep. Yeah. a door opening for you becoming you know allowing you to do something that you might not have known was possible happens because you put yourself into the right situations and mm-hmm. and that's the perfect kind of thing to be doing while you're still employed you can be putting yourself out there you can be blogging you can be podcasting you can be connecting with people you can be learning about some particular field or something that you want to be involved in and immersing yourself in that world and then start looking for those doors to open, those opportunities. And I think that's the kind of um, preparation you can be doing without having to make a leap, without having to force something. Yes, mm-hmm. this is so interesting because it is. There's, there's, this is just one of those this delicious points where there's these paradoxes in entrepreneurship and all life, I guess. But it's like this, this waiting for the door to open, not forcing it, right? But at the same time, testing all the doors. <laughs> Like, which one of these might be opening soon? <laughs> do you know what I mean? What What do I? What can I love that that quote? Quote you said like luck is what um, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And Corbett, your bit about like preparing yourself is exactly what preparing for opportunity basically is. It's kind of the human dilemma. Is like maybe like I don't know. I always couch it in like weird like hunter gatherer stuff, you know. But like. Preparing for the opportunity is really what we're all doing if we're honest about it. Like Aiden's got a successful mm. agency right now. He's still looking for opportunity. I've got a, you know, so, like I'm amazed that some people really look at my life. They really, they really think I'm doing something. <laughs> they don't think I'm just literally making it up as I go. And that like I have this crazy impending sense of doom about everything, right? Steph, you were talking about this earlier, this fear that like, what if I, what if it's a mistake? What if it like goes wrong? Mm-hmm. What if, what it like, and you said something really powerful. You said, I, I, that hasn't like, in my experience, that just hasn't gone away. Like it kind of yeah. stays around that kind of, and I call it exhilaration. I call it like this exhilaration thing, which is, which is a kind of controlled falling, I guess, or a kind of like, <laughs> it's a kind of, I don't know if, if you guys have ever skied like down, like, like pretty serious mountains, but there's a just utter utter exhilaration in it the moment that you that you go down that you actually like go off the peak and you go down the thing and there's like no stopping it now it's like it's literally you have to manage yourself by like gravity and the snow falling and all this stuff with your turns and it's beautiful it's like a kind of dance 
And that's always, you know, my, my hope for people with entrepreneurship. It's my hope for me. Um, and I don't know when I look back, it's, it's not necessarily very, um, graceful. I, I don't think I see a lot of like, I see a lot of robust, <laughs> like, wow, dude, that was really brave of you to do that. But it's not ne- necessarily graceful. Do you, Aiden, do you think when you look back on your thing, was it very smooth? I mean, you went, you never skipped a paycheck, but was it smooth? Well, it's interesting. I, I'm going to throw a curveball here and, and say kind of it, it was smooth, but only because um, I think I was obsessive about that preparation. Yeah. You know, so, so the way fear and discomfort manifests in me is in over preparation. So I probably did overly prepare and, and squander some creativity in that fear, right? Um, because, you know, as, as much as I'm relating to this identity, um, kind of being on the line, that ego risk, um, I, I do want to bring it back just a little bit because, you know, the money risk thing is, is very real. Um, and for me, you know, at, at this stage, I have to kind of check my privilege. You know, I'm, I'm a white American um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man. Um, so I have just kind of by default opportunities that a lot of people don't have. Um, so I have to realize that, especially when I'm trying to see it from somebody else's perspective, um, and even mine, I wasn't set. I had no real runway. It was like one baby step at a time um, with this money thing. So that over-preparation was rooted in fear, and that fear was coming from me at a certain part of what you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I was still trying to feed myself, but now I'm at the top trying to you know deal with my self-actualization. Yeah. Um, and I can look back on that identity fear and maybe that's more visceral for me when in fact, you know, the money, the money stuff was, uh, was true. You know, the actual ability to realize this, uh, this transition was, um, kind of tangible as well as, uh, psychological. Yeah. So, um, that, that going down the mountain thing was, uh, like I was sitting on top of the mountain for a long time, looking down the slope being like, nope, nope. I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, and then, you know, I built my skis. Um, you know, I, I waxed the skis or whatever. I, I've never skied. Do you wax skis? I think you wax. <laughs> you wax skis, right? Um, keep going, please. Keep going. I like that. What else do you yeah, do with the skis, Aiden? <laughs> so so you you polish them, you dust, dust them. Um, <laughs> that's great. But seriously, that's and that's actually kind of a good metaphor. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing for the skis, but I was doing everything I possibly could, right? And I, yeah. I probably, like I said, spent too much energy on things you don't need to do to your skis to make a better trip down the mountain. Um, and I did all that, and that was fear-based, but that did, you know, concoct the needed preparation so that when opportunity came, luck struck, and um, and here we are. Yeah, I love it. So... Here's what I'm hearing in this whole thing is there's this um, there's this mythology, this kind of uh, almost like an archetypical belief at work that's keeping a lot of people from uh, starting on their business now. In some ways, it's related to this idea that uh, you need to actually leap before the net is there. You need to leap before you look in some ways, just take the risk and go uh, and that people are really afraid of that. Like there's a backlash to that, even though, even though it's like an it's an invitation. It's also, it's a fear thing. So now you're not just thinking about your business. You're managing that sort of fear and, and discomfort. And so in a, in an attempt, I think for, by us to allay that fear and help you, help you like this Peter Gabriel line, you know, I hold my fear. So my fear can't hold me is to realize like, well, maybe you don't have to just like take this dramatic, crazy leap and leave everything, all your families and friends and go and start out your life, the new life. You know, maybe you don't have to sacrifice everything you've done up to now to get started on the thing you're going to become. Um, maybe there's a way that you can have solid ground between here and there and you can let your day job, as Steph said, fund your dream. But in order to do that, you're going to face some challenge some risk some of this ego fear risky stuff right where you're gonna have to basically um put on the altar some bits about yourself that now people can i don't know they can judge you for it you might fail some people i think some people are really really motivated to not be judged by other people i really understand that one personally other people are really not wanting to do something that fails. It feels like maybe that's something I won't be able to come back from. Like Aiden was talking about, can I just like 
go yeah, away for me. a little while mm-hmm. and come back and rebrand, you know? And, and so who knows what you, what main, what main reasons why, what you think of when you're like, this is why it's hard for me to take the ego risk. But suffice it to say, it's, it's hard for, for everyone to take that risk. And maybe it's easier on some ways than for other people than, than you, or maybe you have it easier than other people have it. But no matter what, there's a little bit of wind in your hair. There's a little bit of exhilaration, a little bit of like, wait, what? I have to do what? Involved for all of us, I think. And, and, and that's really where the common ground is, is, is then the conversation with yourself around, okay, what do I need to know before I can take the next step? Which maybe it's even more appropriate to ask the question before that. All right, saying there was a next step, what would that step be? And this is where the fizzle roadmap to me is just like, yeah, just go through the fizzle roadmap. You'll know what the steps are and it'll guide you through things. It'll just force you to put stuff out and out of your head in this way, because basically the, the, the promise I see people breaking with themselves only relates to, um, uh, or one way to shortcut it is to simply have a deadline is to simply have a goal and a deadline. I'm going to have 10 blog posts published by this date, you know, and that doesn't a successful business make, right? But it's what, it's what you have to control. It's what you have to contribute around that thing, right? So maybe you need a goal and you need a timeline and I'll be damned if that isn't exactly what the Fizzles Roadmap is. And if you're a listener <laughs> of the show, you can get five weeks uh, of, of the Fizzle Roadmap for absolutely free when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. That's fizzle.co slash try five. Corbett. Got any closing notes for us? And this goes for every anyone. If there's anything else that needs to be said, speak now or forever hold your pieces. Well, I, I think that um, along with this myth that if only you were able to work full time, you could make your business successful. There's another one which people recognize, hopefully, and that is if only I had enough money, I could make my business successful. And obviously that's not true. You can just look at the success rate in venture capital. They have all the money in the world to throw at businesses and yet they have a pretty small success rate. It's, it's something like maybe 20% depending on how you define success. So even those fancy people in Silicon Valley with their millions and millions of dollars can't make a business work just because they have enough money. And that goes true for you as well out there thinking that if you just had enough time, you could make your business successful. It's not mm. just about the time. It's about uh, the way that you go about it. It's about finding the right opportunities for you. It's about knowing how a successful business operates, finding a great opportunity, making yourself useful, solving problems for people, all of the things that we talk about on The Fizzle Show. And a lot of that stuff can be done part-time. So I guess that's, well, that's my takeaway for today. That's such a good, that's so good. Just that idea, Corbett, that like, it's so true. VCs have all the money in the world to throw at startups and they do it and still only whatever 10 to 20% of them succeed. Is it that high? Do we know? I don't know what the, what the number it is. Depends. It, it depends on your definition, but yeah. Uh, okay. Got it. Yeah. I guess it would depend on that. Right. Okay, cool. That's a, I mean, that's just such a great, like to me, that just feels like David Hannemeyer Hansen and Jason Fried just going like, start now. It's not what you think it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, Steph, any closing words? I want to steal, actually, this uh, Aiden was kind enough to put together a lot of notes for us for this conversation. And there was one thing that stood out to me that we didn't, I don't think hit totally like the nail on the head. So I have to, which is totally true. Leaping is romantic. So looking for the non-sexy options in the middle can be a really great way to actually find your way to where you're trying to go. And I think that's totally true. Like how many podcasts have we all listened to? Maybe I'll speak for myself uh, years ago, especially when it was like this heroic story of someone who got the guts to just quit the job and march into the boss's office and say, you know, a bunch of expletives or whatever. Like that's the, that's, from the movies it doesn't have to be like that in real life i think it my experience has been the complete opposite of that um it's really about like corbett said such an important point that he kind of brought in on the tail end of my other uh, my other conversation which is that you you start the work right now you be doing the things that are going to take you where you want to go in a lot of ways you act like you you know the expression um work for, for the job that you what is that expression work for the job you want not the one you have that's the one and yeah. um, then wait for the right opportunity. So I think it rarely plays out to be as overly romanticized as you hear on podcasts or see in the movies. It's more so being really diligent on the day in and day out and looking for the right opportunities at the right time. Mm, I mm. love it. Aiden, any last words? Well stolen. 
No, that's that's well, yeah, just to dovetail right out of that. God, I use that expression way too much. I was talking no, you don't. About not that. enough. Not enough. <laughs> just wear it out, Aiden, and, and it'll stop. <laughs> Sand that's it true, down. That's true. Um, Sand it down. So yeah, so th- this romantic leaping thing um, that you were talking about, Steph. It, that's what it does. You know, it 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 paints this picture of there being only two options: this illusion that you leap and go all the way in, or you never do anything and you stay and wallow. Um, there are so many options in the middle, you know, um, and I think identifying what fears and what risks you're most susceptible to and dealing with those slowly. Um, somehow journaling's great. Meditation's great. Therapy's obviously super great um, to figure out what risk is holding you back more. Is it a tangible risk? Is it money? Is it time? Um, is it a psychological risk? Is it ego? Is it pride? Is it identity? You know, um, find out what that thing that's holding you back is um my 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 guess is that if that is taken care of those options in the middle start revealing themselves i think Mm. the polarized illusions of leap and risk it all and don't do anything and don't risk anything i think those two illusions come out of the fear and as soon as you deal with that all the options in the middle appear the door presents itself to you um, as well as the courage to walk through it Mm. love it Love it, you guys. Well, that is episode 297 of The Fizzle Show. I have this, like, I, I, I kind of want to announce, like, a thing that I'm, that I'm, uh, what? Do it. As, as a closing thing, yeah. This, um, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm helping out my, my friend with an event down in LA, and it's like a four-day event. It's like not for the faint of heart, but it's really, really related to this topic, it's just about that, like, sort of that risk, that sort of inherent risk of life and of the exhilaration of really finding what it is you're trying to do with your life. And a lot of it isn't, it is like, will apply directly to business stuff. A lot of it applies, like, to your life, not just your business, but to your, your whole life stuff. So, uh, and it's not cheap. So, it's a four day thing, it's not cheap. It's in LA in the, at the end of January. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But just in case there's people out there who trust me enough to go like, all right, I'll check that out, which I don't necessarily believe there are. Um, go check that out if you're if you're like, I want a next step kind of thing. Uh, I'm excited. I'm just excited. I went through it for like I went through it a, a few weeks ago or a, about a month or two ago, and I'm like still just like what in the world. So I'm I got involved and I'm helping the next one go on, and I think I'm going to do more in the future. So, uh, but this one will be the first one that I'm like involved in I'm excited about it so we'll put a link to the show notes the show notes uh, for everything we talked about here is at fizzleshow.co slash 297 that's fizzleshow.co slash 297 thank you guys for listening thanks for making fizzle part of your life and for being the kind of entrepreneur who is uh, putting their ass on the line to build something that matters find care take care serve hard and dig in thanks y'all talk to you next week on the fizzle show (laughs) 